This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi everyone, Om Shanti and Namaste. Welcome to Epilogue's special series where East meets West, where I'm your host, Sister Dr. Jenna. And even though I'm recording this from outside of India in the good old state of Washington, D.C., it gives me great pleasure to go and search for Indians outside of India who are making a mark in the world and who are really contributing to wherever they might be located outside of India. There's just something very rich about the culture of being born in Bharat or the way you might have your roots in Bharat. And there's an intrigue and an interest to want to learn from those who have moved on and have really started to blend into other societies and become who they are today without letting go of their Indian heritage. Today, my special guest is Sujan Datta, who is an internationally renowned spiritual life architect, bioenergetic healer, spiritual advisor, author, and speaker. As the urban mystic, he actually blends Eastern and Western philosophies together to bridge the contemporary world with spirituality, a brother of my own heart. Sujan's mission is to help people open their hearts to themselves with his profound intuitive healing gifts. He recently launched a new online academic called Love More. Sujan also played Paramansa Yogananda, the father of yoga in the West, in the movie Finding Happiness, and I have to go look at, look for that one. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Sujan Datta to the air. Welcome, Sujan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sister Jenna. It's such an honor to be here. You know, I loved before we went live that you and I were going through a little bit of a similar narrative with our mothers. And I can only say what I told you earlier, which maybe our audience can also tune into and be a fly on the wall. I remembered for me what I've been learning to take care of a parent with dementia. And this is not to say I don't have help. I have a lot of supporting individuals around me, but to take care of a mother that has dementia has really touched my human side. And it's a side that perhaps I haven't fed much into, but going through what I'm witnessing with her has definitely touched that in me. What have you recognized within yourself taking care of your mom these last few years? Well, for me, I've always believed mother is everything. I mean, we live on mother. I really believe in the divine feminine, if you will. I feel like our world is missing that, even though, you know, our fellow Indians, you know, pray to ma, 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 you know, we have to honor our mothers because they are the gateway to the divine, in my opinion. You know, whenever I celebrate a birthday, I actually celebrate my mother because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. Um, so going through this, you know, time where our mothers are not as strong, uh, incapable of being that nurturer that they once used to be. I mean, mothers sacrifice so much for us. And I feel that, that it's my duty to be able to take care of her at this junction. Um, it's, it's, it's the only bond. It's, it's my connection to divine mother. It's my connection to divine father. You know, it's, 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 
it's the spirit of our heart. And I feel like the humanity that we're learning to this, the humanness, the um, it's, it's truly expanding our breadth of who we are. And it's, it's reminding me of the good old days when she, she was stronger and all the things that she played a role in my life. I mean, I, I asked this question of my clients, to be honest. Um, who would your ideal mother be? Sometimes our mothers are not the perfect mothers. It's not about perfection because we're imperfect perfections, right? But I asked that question so that it kind of jogs, uh, it touches the inner child that we talk about. And because we're looking for that support constantly, that unconditional love, and mothers give that to us right from the beginning. And so I said, whatever those characteristics are, be that. That's what our world needs. And so the subject of mother is so <laughs> enormous. And it's funny that you brought this up prior to this, uh, this uh, podcast interview. I hope I explained, I hope you can feel what it means to be a son and, um, and the gratitude I feel for my mother. Sentiments with you. And um, I think of the world, I was having an interview with Nikki Giovanni, who is a well-renowned poet. And Nikki had said, you know, if America actually got a woman president who is a black American mother, there would be everything would be in place. And I just thought that she made such a powerful point, you know, what yeah. this country is running away from actually is what they should run into. So there right. could be some transformation. But I understand that you're actually related to Paramhansa Yogananda. Can you tell us how are you related and share a little bit about what led him to become such a prom what led you know him to become such a prominent leader? Sure. I mean Paramahansa Yogananda has been in my life all my life. Um, on my father's side, my great grandmother is Roma, and Roma is the eldest sister uh, to Yogananda. There are eight kids, eight children, and she was the second uh, child. And I believe, yes, Yogananda was the fourth child. But uh, so I'm related to Roma. She's my great-grandmother, and uh, her daughter's name was Pushpa Mala, and then my dad, and then I guess I'm the third generation, if you will. Um, so, you know, he brought so much. Yogananda brought so much. I mean, everywhere I go, because the people that I, you know, bump into talk to me about the autobiography of the yogi which uh, he penned in 1946, and it became a perennial bestseller. And what he brought, he's known as a father of yoga in the West. He came to California, well, actually first in Boston, and then eventually landed in um, California, Los Angeles, and created the Self-Realization Fellowship. Um, the most important thing he brought was yoga and meditation back then and it was his his goal was to to help the west he was instructed by babaji to bring the lessons 
in a scientific way even to the West. And uh, it has, look what yoga does, what, look what meditation is today in our, in our world. And I would say he was the seed yes. among the yes. other seeds. And, you know, Steve Jobs, um, Jack Kent. He was, yeah, yeah, George I got you. Wesley, all those people got inspired, but millions of people are still reading and taking in and doing Kriya Yoga. Um, so, uh, so, so what was the vision of Yogananda that actually led you in becoming a spiritual advisor? Well, this, I, I was born in Toronto and spirituality and unconditional love is something that's in my family. So at the age of 13, I, I met my mom's guru, whose name was Mohananda Brahmachari, who was the Indian Jesus, if you will. And I started meditating from then. Um, but because I was born in the West, you know, you feel the pressures of being a Westerner, if you will. I was, um, you know, even though I had the Indian culture and the religion, Hinduism, etc., I kind of went in the direction of being a mainstream contemporary Westerner, if you will. And so I went, got an education, got a job, et cetera, uh, a very, at a very high, let's call it a big corporation. And about seven years into my job, Yogananda showed up in a vision. You know when you're in a half awake, half sleep state? Oh, yeah, I've had those. I was in my room and I was awake and Yogananda showed up as a, we'll call it a, a vision. And he had his arms wide open and he, he wasn't your, your saffron colored uh, robe. It was all white and you look so beautiful. And he said, come to me, come to me, come to me three times. I'll never forget it, obviously. And that spun me for a while. Six months later, I quit my job and moved to Los Angeles in uh, 1999. And my life's changed since. So it was that calling that brought me to what I do today. And uh, I went through a dark night of the soul and, you know, pretty much lost all my savings and whatnot. You came back, didn't you? You came back. It's funny because I had the same experience. Wow. And the more I talk to people and the more I'm exposed to all of us, mm. it's given me such deepened conviction that there's absolutely no need for the ego to feel it has superiority over any path that it chooses to be on or any path that chooses you. For me, it was Brahma Baba. He was uh, all in white and it mm. was like he was in this garden that was so beautiful. And even at the time, I wasn't fluent in Hindi at all. He uh -huh. spoke in Hindi, Ao, Ao, come, come with me. And yes. you're not the first person I've heard that and you're not going to be the last. That right. we all belong somewhere in this mystical tree of humanity. And whoever is that avatar or ancestor who can help to awaken us back up to have us you know get our life back in order wonderful but yeah. you know i'm telling you no one needs to think ever 
that their path is the number one. It's just, oh, that's a beautiful path you're on. Tell yes. me more. You know, tell me more. So at a point in your life, though, as you were mentioning a little bit just now, you faced your own personal wake up call, which left you in great despair. But your world dramatically changed from a magical encounter with an unassuming homeless man. What was it about that encounter that had such an impact on you, Sujin? Well, his name was Seville. <laughs> and I actually had a very rough moment. You know, I'm sitting at a Starbucks coffee shop and I'm uh, writing a book and whatnot. And I was so frustrated at myself. I really didn't want to be around anymore, to be honest. It was, it was very critical point in my life. So I left the Starbucks and I decided to go to this park called Bad News Bears Park. And as I'm walking towards the park, there's this homeless man sitting in the grass and he's waving at me. And I look back and there's nobody behind me. I'm going, oh gosh, this person wants a couple of bucks from my pocket. I'll happily, you know, give him that. So I walk over to him. He goes, no, 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 no. I don't want your money. I just want you to sit with me. And I was kind of taken aback. And this man had such a richness to him. Um, he, he said, I could see your heart from all the way here, miles away, it seems. Your heart is so big and open. Why is it so blue? And I'm thinking, how would he even know that? Right? And I won't go into the entire story, but the wisdom that came out of his mouth was incredible. And he had this spirit. He, he got up at one point dancing, not even caring about what other people, like I'm on a major street, by the way. And he, he said, with that heart, are you ready to serve, essentially? And I said, yes. And, and we went on. And the critical point was, he said, there's nothing stopping you but you. Your perception, your consciousness is you. And you have the right to be happy. You have the right to become whoever you choose to be. And his eyes were, by the way, crystal blue. And mm. it was such a beautiful being. And then near the tail end of the conversation, he's taking out his wallet. It's like a tattered wallet, like it's all. And uh, by the way, this person was a USC grad in university. He had a huge business and it crashed in 2010 around. And mm -hmm. wife and kids left him because he didn't have the money and he just went sunk to this level. And mm -hmm. it was like, it was like a spiritual contemporary man, if I can say it that way. So he takes out the wallet and he shows me a picture of Yogananda. And that, <laughs> I can't even describe how I felt. Mm -hmm. I started bawling. I gave him all my money and I said, please, uh, please take this um, money and get some great food or whatever you need. It was $44, by the way, magical wow. enough for me. And uh, I left and then I went back for weeks after he was gone. Wow. It was like an angel. He was an apparition. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, what a compelling story. It goes to show you can learn from anyone if you're open, huh? That's right. We right. got we've got to stop judging. Everybody's a teacher and a student, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so that was you, for me to really get on. It's a great story, Sujun. Really, it is. It's very touching as well. There's, um, you know, in your journey, it seems as if one of the things you're driven to do is to make people's lives better. And you've said that every individual is meant to create experience and emanate a healthy, vibrant and purposeful life. And I believe that. Yes. I believe we're here to have love and joy and peace. But what do you think is responsible for the amazing amount of suffering that folks are enduring with depression and a sense of just lost within themselves? I, I think nobody teaches us life skills. It's almost like we have to go out there and find out what the school of life means and the metaphysical and the mystery. Even if we go to a, a religious house of some sort, it's not always defined. And I think today people are suffering because they're holding on to the old, the past. I think of depression as, as looking to the past and, you know, really whatever, whatever attention you're pay, paying, you know, wherever your attention is, where your energy goes. So if you keep thinking about the past, you're just building the past and the, 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 the the pain and the uh, the grudges and all that was in the past grows, right? So that causes stress. And then if you're uh, looking about, uh, towards the future, that brings about anxiety. You know, anxiety is about the future, trying to control every moment. And the reality is we can't control anything other than ourselves. And And so the problem is, we are following other people's paths or ideas of success rather than our own. We're living with our masks on and it's inauthentic. And so that's creating habit to our being and the state of consciousness and the state of being is, Oh, I got it. You know, it's always survival. I need to fit in FOMO as they call it. I mean, everything in our world is becoming artificial, you know, whether it's yeah. food, sweeteners, etc. Even <laughs> now we're creating avatars for who we yeah. think should be. And or Facebook now has this meta thing where you can now create a hologram and think it's you that's really there. Right. And I yeah. think pressures, uh, you know, causing us fear, you know, yeah. it's the fear that's, um, whether it be through media, our community, we're looking outside for our answers and our way to live. And I think that is the, the number one issue. And in, in my clientele, most of the people are saying, I'm not enough. I'm unlovable. Uh, I'm not good enough. So if that's in your subconscious mind, if, if that's sitting there all the time, that story, that narrative of how you are not empowered, how you don't mm -hmm. have the I call it the Satchitananda. That's why we're here yeah. to understand yeah. truth, to yes. consciousness, and to be in bliss. But how many people are actually living in bliss? Real, yeah. bhakti, real bhakti, devotion to know that we are this life force 
that was created. Um, the creator so, create. So. so so let me ask you this then. So yeah. majority of what's revolving around all of us is coming from the subconscious, even though we don't know it. And we allow our intellects or the, the ego to make us think everything is okay. You know, you kind of fluff it. It's the icing on the cake. But yes. the real deal and the real work is happening at that deeper layer, what we call sanskaras in yeah. Raja Yoga. But it's at that deep subconscious level. Do you have a tool that you can offer our listeners today? that they can access that deeper place to figure out what's really happening? I, uh, I say that God or the Creator sits in the silence. It's really about intently listening. Now, I can sit here and say meditate. I mean, that, that is probably the greatest tool that I know for myself. Um, at living in the West, um, not everybody understands meditation or, or even when they try, they say, oh, I, uh, my mind won't clear or, or it's never empty. So I say, get to a place of joy. Get to a place of, as, as a witness to the beauty of wherever you are, nature, you know, walking, forest bathing, if you will. That's the new term, apparently. Um, music. Um, just finding moments to really breathe, just to take a breath, pranayama, you know. We are so conditioned to think we have to get things done on our to-do list that we forget to breathe. And so for me, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is to go quickly, to quickly get to a baseline is to really breathe and remember who I am. And, you know, that's self-realization, if you will. Uh, you know, I ask my, my clients, what are 15 things that you love about yourself? People struggle with just that question. And if you knew what that was, then you would know what produces joy for you. I, I, I call it vivid imagination. I have a course called Stress Less, as a matter of fact. And what vivid imagination is, it's, a, it's an acronym. V stands for values. What really matters to you? I stands for intention. Why does that matter to you? V is the vision. Where, what do you choose to experience? And, uh, you know, what do you wish to share, contribute? I is um, identity. Who are you? I mean, any book you read will ask you that question. And then the D is to access your soul, the destiny. That's where the answers are. And the only way you can find that out is through the silence. Wow. Through, through, uh, through intentional silence. Yes. Because we're distracted by too many things now, too much information, too many things to do. I mean... We've gone so far in customization. I mean, God gave us seven crayons. And then humanity said, no, 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 we need more than seven crayons, God. So now we have 128. There's so much customization that we, we are lost. 
by all the distractions. And so what we're doing is we're coming back around going, okay, 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 God, seven is enough. Whether it be seven chakras, <laughs> you know. It's so true. It's so true that we're going into full circle. Yes. It's so true, which is why when I see people just acting up, I kind of wonder what happened, what did they miss? So together we're sharing a book, Meditation, the Intimate Conversations with the Divine, and yes. you're on page number 57. And the theme of your contribution to my book is The Monkey with the Golden Key. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your contribution to the book? Well, that's, yeah, that was another turning point in my life. Um, I was going through another period. I, you know, when I talk about the dark net of soul, I think as a healer and all the things that I do are spiritual advisor, most of what I share is from my own experience. And that was another rough patch in my life. I went to uh, Malibu, uh, California, on a, sat on a beach, decided to meditate. And as I was meditating, there was this beautiful an angel who showed up in my meditation. Her name was Sophia. And I want people to read the book, so I'm not going to tell the whole story. But, <laughs> but ultimately, what happened in, the, in my meditation, she passed this beautiful wooden box to me and with two swans. Hello, Yogananda, Paramahansa. And I open it, and there's this beautiful golden key. And she asked me in my, in my uh, visioning, if you will, to pull out the key and place it in my hand. And what, what happened was the key toy got absorbed into my hand. And she said, this is the key to your heart. And anytime you're in trouble, place your palm onto your heart and turn the key. So that all happened. Finished the meditation. I decided to go for a walk on, on, on the edge of the ocean. And there's two individuals who are walking towards me. And one of the, one of the men had a t-shirt on with the same exact key. A monkey was holding that same exact key. And then I knew that was all real. <laughs> so that was uh, an incredible meditation. Wow. And thank you for saving some of the even extra good parts for <laughs> our readers to get a copy of the book. It's a, such a beautiful story, everyone. And so we hope that you will get your copy on Amazon. You know, you are also really been around the block in terms of your work. You know, you've been serving your energy healing from the stars to homeless, you know, folks who are homeless and everything in between. Yes. What was that opening for you to move into a healing career? How did your healing and energy open up? What was the catalyst behind that? Well, when I when I lost everything, when I moved uh, from Toronto to Los Angeles, and you know, I, I was looking for Yogananda, whether it be at the Self-Realization Fellowship or whatnot. And then when I lost everything, it was during the time when internet stocks went crashing down and, and it was a horrible moment in my life. So in that time, a friend said, why don't you take pranic healing? So it's like a Reiki, 
So I took all the courses and um, I realized that I had this gift. I've always had like uh, energies in my hand. I always felt, you know, I'm very empathetic and, and sensitive, but this really called to me. And it was from that point on that I decided that I was going to do this work. And I've been, I've been, you know, into the metaphysical, the personal development all my life, spirituality, you know, uh, Ananda Moima, I was blessed by her and I was blessed by, you know, Mohanando Brahmachari and of course the lineage, but it just felt like it was the right thing for me to do. I, I really found my purpose. So um, to this day, the ultimate thing for me is to share like the sun shares its sun rays yeah, yeah. energy with people because it can be very impactful when you're open and willing. And I've seen so many people um, transform yeah. and, you know, I serve the homeless because just because there's nothing yeah. about earning money whatever it's just because we need to really amp up the vibrational frequency back mm -hmm. to the level where we have unity consciousness and so my my main mission is to help people open their hearts to themselves to reach Beautiful. their highest potential so that they can actually uh be at a frequency whatever mm -hmm. it is as as part of a ray of sun and contribute to humanity you know it's so interesting you use the word frequency and i think we're all trying to nab that you know what is the head and the heart perfect balance what is the in and the out what is the yin and the yang that perfect balance that will get you in that state of um mystical miracles you know where things just happen when your energy is completely aligned to your sat chit anand to the purity and the power and the bliss that's within you you know you've got this trademark called love more um how how can how can the power of love help us i know it's a silly question but we've heard so much about love people are exhausted of hearing love and yet we're not really seeing it 24 7. what does that mean to you and how can the power of love really help our humanity especially at this time sure i mean i believe our number one purpose in life is to love and be loved we forget that and yes um the word love has become distilled, not distilled. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's, be, it's become so many meanings. And so what I feel is we need to bring the definition of love back to the, the original and to bring back authenticity into our world and help people understand what love means not only from my perception but you have to define it and to me love it is is a verb it's an action right and when god created us i'm just simply a vessel of the divinity that comes through me and that energy is that is that supercharged light drenched energy that puts everything into form that infinite energy through us and 
by uh, being actionable, making it a verb, we have the opportunity to bring that high vibrational frequency and share it into a tangible form where our senses feel the love. Like, you know, when you walk into a room and you look beautiful woman and you don't know why she's, you know, like you're radiating right now, sister Jenna, (laughs) that's your love. It's just pure love. That's what I'm feeling. So it becomes tangible because I think love is the base unit or frequency or energy that makes it alive through us dynamic. And we, we become alive because it's the glue of the universe. And so, yeah, it's like we all have that DNA coding, but we've missed it. We've not been serving it, you know, like the caterpillar doesn't know it actually has a DNA code for wings. Right. And it just keeps you right. So it's the same thing. I almost feel like whatever are the challenges that we have to go through to get us back to that awareness, we're going to have to go through them. But you have got an online program coming up and they don't have to go through a challenge. They can sign up to your new online Love More Academy. So tell us a little bit about that and, you know, where can our listeners get information to get on board? Well, I'm building it as we speak. I have a book that I'm writing currently called Love More. Um, I've started off because the world was, you know, with the pandemic, so stressed out. I have a program called Stress Less, which is part of the Love More Academy. And, and I just started this over the pandemic. And so I'm building it out. And what it is, it's a framework, if you will, because people love that word. They want guidance. They want step-by-step magic pill. And you and I both know there is no magic pill except the magic that's within you. And it's to discover that magic inside you. So the program, you know, I created a, a program called Love More Yoga as well, where you are heart-centered. Because I believe right now, heartfulness is what we need because my mind is already full. We talk about mindfulness, but we need to connect to the heart because it has greater consciousness thanks to heart math, as you may or may not know, you know, that, and it's the bridge to the soul. So I've created a program and if they come to my website, they'll see what's going to be coming out of the the courses that I create, but stressless is the first one. It's magical mm-hmm. in itself because I think we all need to come to a balance point and love more academies and intention is to truly help people realize themselves and to serve. And so I'm going to use another acronym act with facts. It's about self love because that word gets tossed around and people get confused and think, Oh, self love is, you know, selfish but self-love is about self-respect self-honoring self-empowering self-understanding so that's what love more is about but act stands for this awareness commitment truth act we need to become aware of our consciousness and how we need to expand that consciousness sat right uh facts forgiveness acceptance 
uh, compassion, trust, surrender mm. to service to double S actually. So that's what, what Love More Academy really represents. It's going to be answered in many ways, but I want to bridge the contemporary life, the East and West with spirituality, philosophies, modern techniques, and really create unity consciousness, a tribe of like-minded people who share their light, like a centric mm-hmm. circle, like a rock hitting the ocean and just expanding that. And I feel that's what's important today. So Jandata, you're definitely doing that. I can feel it in your spirit. And just everything that you've shared with me today resonates so much inside of me. Um, I'm sure you already know that. Leave us again, though, with that website that our listeners can tune in. And let's keep in touch huh? and keep this narrative going. Uh, you're just absolutely awesome. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. And thank you for your service. And um, it's been a great honor to really be here with you and share share this information because information to me is in form to to bring that love into form. And the place where people can find me is sujondata.com. They can find me on Instagram at uh, sujondatahealer, which is where I probably sit most often uh, as well, sujondata. So just my name, sujondata, S-U-J-O-N-D-A-T-T-A.com. All right, everyone, you just had a taste of Sujandata, and I'm sure that you are taking away something that Sujan has left us with to make your life a whole lot better. You know, where East meets West, you really get a chance to see the blend of both worlds. Please expand your horizon. Think outside of the box ever so often. There's so much in life that is just waiting for you to be able to tap into and to feel. So when the East and the West become best friends who knows what's going to happen so listen drop me a dm if you'd like or feel free to give them give me some comments or feedback whatever you'd like about our discussion today but also for more information on sujan just please visit it visit it right here and you'll be able to get any updates remember no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and it's so imperative that you hang on to believing but I think we're here to love each other the same. All right. Take good care. Thanks again for joining us and all the very best.